Welcome to Kindreds, a podcast for soul sisters. I'm Ashley Peterson. And I'm Katie Zay. We're kindred spirits talking all things faith, feminism, and friendship from our homes in the South. Hey, Katie. Hi, Ashley. It's been a while. It has been a while. I know we've got some kind of fun news to share. Do you want to just jump in? Yes, I'm excited about this. We might have some new listeners uh, so welcome yeah. if this is maybe your second show that you've listened to. Um, we're really, really happy to have you. And you're probably here because we had an amazing thing happen a few weeks ago when Sue Monk Kids business manager contacted us mm-hmm. to let us know that not only had she listened to our episode in full about her writing, but that she wanted to share it with her followers on Instagram. What? I know. <laughs> Is this her life? <laughs> I know. Yeah, and she didn't just share about the show. She really was very lovely about our work. And so we'll mm-hmm. link to the post in our show notes because it's, it's very sweet. But here's just a snippet of what she had to say. Now and then you happen upon something that is a real serendipity. For me, it was discovering a podcast called Kindreds for Soul Sisters about faith, feminism, and friendship. This conversation about my work, however, was not the serendipity. No, the serendipity was spending half an hour listening to two bright, warm, bold, articulate young women speak with passion and intelligence about feminism and Christianity. I heard the voices of many women speaking through them. I heard the future speaking through them. Oh, I got chills just reading it out loud. I know. uh, I mean, this feels like two years ago now. This was a few weeks ago, and it feels like so much has happened. But I know that both of us really needed that heartwarming boost to our spirits. And so we're just Mm -hmm. really, really thankful to Sue Monk Kid and to her team for finding us and taking the time to listen and share. And so if you are here because of Sumut Kid, we're really, really glad that you're here. And just a little yes. exciting piece of news, which is we're in conversations about having Sue on a future episode. So stay tuned. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> I can't even. I am honestly still processing the fact that someone we respect so much actually listened to our podcast. I know. And like found it on their own. Yeah. It's not like we sent this to her manager. No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was just such a nice moment of connection. And for me, it was a reminder that anytime we, and by we, not just you and I, Katie, but we humans, anytime we reach out beyond ourselves and create something, make our contribution, that it's just part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know who is receiving it, who's listening, who's moved or changed in some small way. And that's why we wanted to make Kindreds in the first place, because we felt the largeness within us and felt called to share it. And if you listen to our last episode, or if you've read the Book of Longings, you'll know what I'm quoting. So yeah, thanks, Sue. And welcome to any new listeners who found us uh, recently. We're glad you're here. Yeah, so glad. So We have devoted our last few episodes to specific things we're reading and thinking about, but for this one, we wanted to shift gears and check in with each other and with all of you about how we're doing now that we're around six months into COVID-19. And of course, we've been talking about the pandemic all along, but we wanted to have a longer conversation about what's getting us through. We are recording this on October 5th. 
and hopefully we'll get it edited and released this week. And I mentioned the date because so much is happening at such a rapid pace right now. You mentioned like we <laughs> we got that shout out from Sue like less than a month ago. And it feels it like does. It feels like two years I've, ago. <laughs> yeah. And on a national scale, just over the past few weeks, we have felt the grief of losing Ruth Bader Ginsburg, mm. the fear and horror of watching Congress rushing her replacement, the rage over the legal system's failure to hold Breonna Taylor's murderers accountable in any real way, and the urgency and whiplash of this presidential election season. Yeah. And oh, yeah. There's still a pandemic that half of our country is pretending doesn't exist. Oh, my goodness. And all of these things on their own would be tough, but all together like this, it's just too much, and it's okay if that's too much. Because in the midst of this, we are still living our lives. Mm -hmm. Like, life goes on, Mm -hmm. right? So, Katie, what is getting you through these days? And maybe we should share our big things first and then some fun things. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. And getting through feels like the right phrase because it is just mm-hmm. a matter mm-hmm. of waking up every day and getting getting <laughs> mm-hmm. through yet another day of this. I think I might have shared earlier that I have been keeping track of the number of days in the since the before times as oh, some gosh. people have called it. I don't know if I want to know what day are we on. <laughs> uh, I you know what I should know, but it's over 200. It's uh, somewhere uh-huh. around there. Because I wanted to be able to look back and not have all of this time. I mean, it'd be impossible now to feel like it was just one blurry thing because so much has happened. But to really differentiate Mm -hmm. sort of the seasons of this. And I think there is something Mm -hmm. significant about the moment that we're in now that we're at that, you know, a little over half of a year of living this way. And when you're just Mm -hmm. listing out some of the things, and that's not even a comprehensive list of all the things that have happened in the last few weeks. It's kind of amazing to me that I'm sitting in this chair talking to you with words in my mouth because it's just really, really hard to be a human being right now and yeah. giving ourselves some credit for just existing. Um, this is just, yeah. this is just really, really, really tough. And, you know, you and I've talked about too, we're both parents of young children who are in different stages of young childhood, but that's also really challenging right now, no matter what your mm-hmm. situation is. So yeah, just like stop and pat ourselves on the back for getting here. <laughs> I swear, you know. Yeah, so thinking about the big things for me are are less about monumental things and more about the consistency of what I do that's helping me mm. get through and those are routine and boundaries. Love it. Yep, and they're connected. And I would say the routine yep. easy for me. Boundaries <laughs> Not so much, but when they're, <laughs> when they're combined, I feel like the two often reinforce each other. So yeah, this is on a day-to-day level. This is, this is what's getting me through. So I'm keeping a very regular bedtime schedule. I mm-hmm. leave my phone downstairs when we head up for Sammy's bath time, which is around 7 PM. So I leave my phone downstairs and I get into bed after she does. I mean, actually, I get into bed before she does because I start watching The Crown or some other show Yeah, <laughs> while she's doing stuff with Matt. And then I turn the lights out by 930. 
I just have kept that. It doesn't matter what's going on, like a debate. I'm not watching it. I'm keeping yep, to same. my sleep schedule. And then I get up about the same time, usually around 5 or 5.30, which I know sounds really early to some folks, but that's what works for me. And even on the weekends, I'm trying to keep that really regular sleep schedule because it stabilizes my mood so much. And it's related to my next part of my routine, which is having alone time before my family wakes up. So that's critical because in the before times, I had a lot of time to myself because I worked from home while Matt was at work and Sammy was at school. So that is no longer the case. So I get up. I set my coffee to start at 5 a.m. So it's ready by the time I come downstairs. I have a journal where I name how many days it's been. I (laughs) just reflect on the day before. And then I pull a couple of tarot cards to give me some guidance for the day, which is also really fun. It's like starting your day with a game of what card is it going to be? That is fine. Yeah. And then I drink some coffee when everything is is quiet. And now it's darker longer because we're getting into the fall season. So it just it's a very nice, quiet, serene time. Maybe sometimes with the dog curled up next to me, but just having that silence before the household wakes up has been really good. And I even have used that downtime feature on the iPhone where you can limit when apps are lit up or darkened out. Um I have never seen that. I'm gonna have to look at that. Okay. Should I give everybody like a quick tutorial or just where it is? If you go to, if you have an iPhone and you go to your settings and you'll see screen time, you can click on there and you can set downtime for hours every day. You can change them every day. You can set limits on apps. Um, And I will say I don't always 100% abide by it, but it's a visual reminder that I'm telling myself I'm not ready yet to open my email or read the news. And if you want to cheat, you can even say like, give me one more minute on this thing. And like, get a, if you really can't resist, which I'm, sometimes I can't. Um, but that just, again, it's like having that routine and that boundary for me that's helped me have some clarity when I first get up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Your routine is like flipped from mine because okay. Avery wakes up at five. And so oh, yeah, getting up that. for like mornings – by myself is just not a thing, but he does go to bed really early. So you have the evening. Yes. Yeah. The evening. So well, it, I want to hear about that. Yes. Your evening's like. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, it's not really anything fun or special. But, but you have like downtime. I do have night. some downtime in the evenings. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll share a little bit about what I do with my evening downtime. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that when Sam was younger where she would go to bed at 630 or 7 and then wake yep. up and it, there, there's upsides and downsides to both. Yes. Um, But whatever you have to do, wherever you can carve it out, I think it's just so important. Mm -hmm. So then after I've done that, I go down to my basement and I lift heavy weights like four times a week. I love it. And I love that. I had to drive all over creation to find dumbbells because everybody has tried to outfit their home gyms. Yep. So I just did that and went all over and got mismatched ones. I don't care. I just wanted to have the equipment because I'm not ready to go back to the gym yet. I know Mm -hmm. some people Mm -hmm. are, but I'm not not ready to do that. So I just go and I watch really bad reality TV. I watched um, Married at First Sight. And now I'm starting to watch 90 Day Fiance from like 2012 that I never watched (laughs) just to have something fun and like something to look forward to while I'm working out really hard. It's just like, my body is very focused, so I can sort of have my mind be like, la, 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 this is not serious TV. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then lastly is the boundary piece. And that's really because of Sammy's school schedule where she's at home doing virtual kindergarten and Matt and I have just had to split our day in half and I take the afternoon shift. And so it's forced me to say to people, if you can't get to me before one o'clock, if I'm booked with meetings, it's just going to have to wait. And I never did that before, y'all. I never, ever said no to a meeting. I felt like if I had this space on my calendar, I just gave it away. And now I cannot do that. And it's forced me to delegate or just say, it's okay for me not to be on this call. And I think what I hope is that I'll carry that forward when that's when we're no longer in this situation because it's really freeing to say no to something. How I mean, are people responding when you set those boundaries like that? Are people generally like, okay, yeah, I get it? Or are you getting pushback? What's it been like? I have been really crystal clear with people um, of what my situation is. I think it's really important for parents, especially right now, to just share with people hey, my kid is home all of the time yeah. and that's going to radically change my availability. And I, I've just been very unapologetic about it. And I I just expect people to make the accommodation now. And for the most part, I feel like people have just said, okay, they continue on with their meeting. That's the other piece is letting go of feeling that need. Like I always have to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And folks are like, that's okay if you can't join, but we're going to meet anyway. And just being okay with not always be being super yeah. looped in. That's actually been harder, I think, than people's reactions is my sense of how important I am and that I need to yeah. be how essential I am to these meetings. It's like, no, I don't know. I can get filled in later. If they want to ask me something specific, they can ask me yep. in an email or a call or something. So I think it, it's more about me and less about people. But I finally have this very good reason to set the boundaries because I, I literally cannot do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what it's taken for me to get there. But, you know, I got there. I got there eventually. I think that all of that sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's not glamorous. It's mm-hmm. it's about consistency and, I mean, really getting through. This feels like survival to me. It doesn't feel like yeah. living my best life, but it's the best I can do right now. And yeah. that's good enough. So what about you? Does this resonate or do you have different things that are kind of helping you out? Yeah. The survival, it's like the name of the game over here. Um, Yes. So the big things that are getting me through the first one is therapy. La la la. We love therapy. We do. (laughs) You and I have been really open on Kindreds before about different phases in life where we've needed therapy. And this is definitely one of those phases for me. I I think everybody is a therapist right now. I really probably waited three months too long to to get mm. started. And I was mm. listening to a podcast the other day that said the average length of time people wait to get treatment when they're feeling um, anxiety and depression is five years. Five, five years. years. Yes. And I... Okay. Well, you're, you're ahead of I'm, the game. I'm ahead of the game. <laughs> Although I am wondering if this has been going on a lot longer than I'm willing to well, admit. that's a good question. You never know. <laughs> So I started seeing a new therapist about a month ago, and I actually found her through BetterHelp, the online counseling service that if you've listened to any podcast in the last year, you have heard an ad for BetterHelp. 
And I promise this is not an ad, but I did. They are not paying us. No, they're not paying us. We don't have a link for you. But I did want to share with everyone that if you are thinking about talking to someone, but the idea of managing the logistics of like calling and finding a therapist and matching it up with your insurance and all that, if that just seems really overwhelming and it's so overwhelming that it's keeping you from getting help, BetterHelp has been a really great experience. That was what happened to me. I could not manage the just finding and calling around until I got the right person. And we've talked before mm-hmm. about how hard that can be on our mental health mm-hmm. episode. And so I just was I, – and I really did. I thought, you know, I've heard about BetterHelp on a podcast before. Let me just check this out. And I was matched with the therapist within 24 hours, and she has turned out to be an incredible fit for me. So – I recommend it. I can't guarantee that everyone will have the same experience. You know, sometimes you have to try out a few different people before you find a good fit. I just got lucky. But if you do go the BetterHelp route, Google around for promo codes because all of the podcasts have a promo code that's usually like 10% off your first month. So definitely see if you can find a promo code. And basically, therapy has just been helping me deal with the weight of all of it. Everything we said at the top of the show, (laughs) just the weight of it. So, Is your therapist in Mississippi? Because is that how it works or you're matched with someone in your state to provide care? Mm -hmm. But it opens up the whole state to you, right? Instead of someone just down the street. Exactly. My therapist is outside of Jackson. So she lives like three hours away from me. But, um, oh, that's so great. But yeah, she gets what it's like to live in Mississippi. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure she's licensed here. And that's one of the reasons we were matched up. Right. I'm sure that's part of it. But yeah, it did open up just more options, a lot more options. And there's all of this app-based support that just going to traditional counseling doesn't give you. Like we can communicate. I can communicate with my therapist in an app or the online platform. She can send me links and resources. Um, I can schedule all my appointments online. I can journal. That's so nice. And then I can share those journal entries with her if I want to. Like, it's there's just mm. a lot that um, I've never had that kind of uh, full yeah. service <laughs> counseling Yeah, before. it's like coaching and counseling yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would say that's accurate. Yeah, so it's been a really good experience. And I'm sorry that I didn't start it sooner, but better now than never. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm so glad it's working for you. That's wonderful. Yeah, me too. And the second thing that's getting me through, and this is an example of that, is just being honest with how I'm doing with myself Mm -hmm. and with the people closest to me. Some days are just really hard. And what I found is the more I try to pretend I'm fine or the more I try to perform a positive attitude or perform like I have it all together, the harder it gets and the worse I feel. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean wallowing. Like just being honest doesn't mean that I have to – stay negative or or be wallowing but it does mean acknowledging that some days the bar for getting through it is pretty low (laughs) and that just has Mm -hmm. to be okay you know Mm -hmm. and that kind of leads me to the other thing that's getting me through and that is lowering my expectations (laughs) being okay with being less productive at work being okay with saying no setting those boundaries Mm -hmm. like you were just talking about being okay also with my team being less productive I'm a leader and I have You know, I manage folks and being okay with them having days where they're being honest with me and not being able to get everything done and just not trying to win all the Pinterest awards for creative parenting and all the things that people started off the pandemic, like gonna, I'm going to use this time to con Mari my house and I'm going to 
all the like productivity things and all the, yes. you know, the hands-on activities we were going to do with our kids and all of that stuff. Like just letting all of that go. Like survival is is really the best option right now. And I can't do all the things. That has to be okay. And honestly, it's just remembering that I'm a human and not a machine. Mm-hmm. And the more compassion I have for myself, I find the more compassion I have for others as well. So it's just, you know, that's what's getting me through. <laughs> That's so good. And I feel like embracing that collectively will be so essential for us to restructure how we do things I agree. as a society. You know, just you said, I'm a human, not a machine. That's I've said that so many times throughout this whole, like the last couple of years, actually, but it feels very true now yeah. that we're all going through an emotional trauma to one degree or another. And we can't, pushing through is not, has never been healthy. And it's especially not healthy now. And I mean, just for full disclosure, we tried to record twice before today. And mm-hmm. each there was one time where I was like, I can't do this. And then another time when you said, I can't do this right now. Yep. Just, I think, I don't know if you did, but I was like, oh gosh, like, why are we not able to do this? But it's for all the reasons you just said, because yes. we're humans going through a tough experience and just being okay with lowering the expectation or, you know, pausing something or or stopping doing things that we did before. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, really struggle with that, but I think it's so essential. And this time has really shown to me what are the aspects of my life that are really critical yeah, and what are the ones that are not. Yep. And that's really helpful to know the difference. Yep, for sure. So that was kind of serious, which is fine. Um, But there's levity too. Yes. So I know we were going to talk about a couple of, of things that are just smaller things, maybe more fun things, maybe things that people want to try if they haven't heard of them. So th- these are sort of random in order. That's okay. Mine aren't organized either. This is just fun stuff oh, as we like think of it. Brain dump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I'm usually not the one to cook in our house. Matt does most of the cooking, but I have been trying out some new recipes and I love the internet for this, you know, just trying to make different things. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's much more fun to eat something that I cooked than to or baked than it is to buy something. And I think it's in part because Matt has been gluten free since January. So we've he was experimenting with different kinds of flowers. And so I've just been looking up different kinds of treats because I love sweet things, but just don't love eating so much sugar right before bed because then I end up feeling bad yeah. <laughs> that night and the next day. So I've been experimenting with different sugar substitutes. And I'm I've been surprised at how far the technology has gone. Like you can find stuff that tastes just like sugar that's not. And so I've just been every weekend just trying a different thing and sharing it with my family to see if they like them. And one of my favorite things that I've tried are these brownie bombs that I found on this website, Chocolate Covered Katie, who's no, that's not me. Um, <laughs> you don't secretly have a baking blog? <laughs> I do not. That would be very off-brand for me. Um But it's just been fun to, like, make something, you know, and to use my hands. And I know a lot of people have been gardening or that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Yep. But I guess just, like, using my hands has been fun. So that's one. Trying new recipes. Um, So this one's a little bit more out there. I can't remember if we've talked – have we talked about Laura Lynn Jackson on the show? Yes, we have. Okay. Okay. So then you all will know that it's a little bit out there. But she has a second book called Signs, and it's about our loved ones communicating with us after they've passed over, Mm. after they've died. 
And she was the one about a year ago who honestly really opened me up to exploring new spiritual things because I heard her on the Chelsea Handler podcast. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, a medium? Are you serious? Yeah. I do not believe in this. And she really convinced me on that one. Enough that I wanted to learn more about her and what she does. She's got a great special on Netflix that she did with Goop, which I typically would not recommend. But her session is all about connecting to our intuition and and how we pick up on things in the universe. So this book is about signs that come from loved ones or the universe or love, whatever you want to say, and how we can ask for them and then look for them. And today was actually really cool because one of Matt's signs is the great blue heron, which is native to North Carolina. It's not unusual to see them, but it is unusual to see them in flight. They're not usually like moving around our neighborhood. Hmm. We've seen one each day for the last three days. And then today we saw two. Whoa. And one actually flew over right over where we were walking so close that we could see it up like right up close. It flew in between the houses, not way up high in the sky. And it was just so beautiful Mm -hmm. to have this symbol that means so much to him. And not that it's communicating anything specific. Uh, What it does for me when I see something like that is I just go, oh, I'm being held. I'm being supported Mm -hmm. in love. I'm not alone. Like there's all kinds of forces around me, energy that's helping to lift me up and Mm -hmm. helping us all collectively get through. Yeah. And it's just like this instant lift and then... Being on the lookout for that again can just be, it's a really inspiring way to look at the world, that the world is like conspiring to help you feel loved and supported on your path. So I love that book. I hope that some of y'all will read it. It's it's very, very sweet. Related, <laughs> there's this woman I found on YouTube named Sarah Katori, and she she doesn't have a huge following, but she does these very specific guided meditations for empaths or people who are very sensitive to energy, which I think both you and I are Mm -hmm. in different ways. So she's got just a few of these really beautiful guided meditations that are under 20 minutes, because I can't do any more than that. And they really focus on like feeling energetic light in your body and around you. And for me, it works. I know everybody meditates in different ways. But for me, the visualization of that particular person really, really helps. Mm. So I'll, I'll link to her in case that sounds interesting. And then the last one that's sort of connected to the Great Blue Herons is we got a bird bath for our yard. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes. And it's just so fun to watch the birds come and take a bath in the bird My bath. My grandma had one when I was yeah. a kid. Oh, yeah. We used to love watching it. Mm-hmm. I know. I love it, too. And even when the birds aren't there, we put one of these solar-powered fountains in it. So it, it almost creates – it does create a water feature in our yard. So when we go out into the yard, you hear that running water all of the time, which is just – very therapeutic in and of itself. So paying attention to the birds, to nature, they don't care about all of this human strife. They're just doing their own thing. And I've felt very connected to birds during this time. And one last thing is our Kindred's 2019 playlist has really stood the test of time. So we can link to that again. It's it's, there's some songs where I'm like, I think we were actually preparing for this year with these songs. Oh, that's awesome. I haven't listened to it in a while. I'll have to go back. I love it's it. good. Yeah, if we do a, when we do 2020, we might have to bring some of those over because they have true staying power, I think, in these times. Love it. So that was mine. That was a lot of just random stuff. But I'm curious what yours are because I'm always looking for new ideas. Mine are kind of random too. And I want to try your brownie bombs. 
Oh, I'll send you the recipe. Yes, please do. Because I love – and you said they have four ingredients, and that is – Yes. Yes, that's how I like to Super bake. Easy. So, <laughs> um, On the fun side for me, a few concrete things that are helping get us through. So the first one – and I can't remember if I've mentioned this or not over the summer, but we are very lucky to have access to my in-law's RV – and they've let us borrow it for a few weekend trips this summer. We went to a state park on the beach in Alabama. We went two separate times. And those were Avery's first, like, beach trip experience. And Aww. it was – I am so glad that even in the midst of all of this, we were able to, like – we asked him what he wanted to do when we got to the beach. And he said he wanted to eat a popsicle on the beach. And we were like, oh, Lord, okay, we got to figure out how to get a popsicle to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so we packed – ice blocks in a little cooler <laughs> put popsicles Aww. in there and walked down to the beach at the state park and that's what we did the first night he saw like a real beach with like the blue water and the waves and all of that because we live on the water but it's it's just different it's more I live in more of like a harbor town it's not really um that sort of Florida beach vibe so that was wonderful. And actually, just this morning, we booked a campsite for a few days in Smoky Mountain National Park uh, oh, nice. for Pat's birthday. Yeah, in a couple months. This won't be until end of November, early December. So I'm pretty excited Something to look forward that. to, though. Well, I know. It's amazing. Just uh, that losing all of the, like, milestone things on your calendar to look forward to. I didn't realize how grounding those things are until you don't have them anymore. But mm-hmm. – so yeah, um, and something else I did this summer was I participated in a watercolor self-care workshop that was really cool. It wasn't about like learning to be a watercolor artist. It was about learning to incorporate watercolor techniques into your meditative self-care practice. Oh, I love that. It was neat. And so if you listen to our creativity episode, you'll know what I mean when I say that this watercolor workshop was just all about the process it was not about the end result mm-hmm. um basically um so we learned this technique of watercolor journaling so instead of journaling with words we learned how to use watercolor to journal and meditate and it opened up this really new way of thinking about journaling for me i've always thought of journaling as like you document your day or you work through your thoughts like that's how i've always used journaling but this method is more about like using color kind of intuitively as a way to meditate and just kind of like bring your awareness to the moment so it was pretty neat and it's something that I'm trying to to continue to do not like every day but um when I Mm -hmm. you know when I've got the time and let's see you mentioned our kindreds playlist I have had two albums on repeat all summer I know one of them you've listened to Gaslighter by the Chicks oh yeah it's so so good it is so good (laughs) I think you might have even mentioned it on the podcast before. It's possible because I, I am obsessed it is, with it. Gosh, that whole album is just – I feel like they grew and I grew at the same kind of pace, if mm. that makes sense. Like their mm-hmm. music has grown and matured in the same yes. way that I've grown and matured because I loved them when I was a teenager. Yes. Like Cowboy Take Me Away. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> It's like yeah, the high a school different girl. life stage now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so check out the Gaslighter album. And also, if you haven't heard the band The High Women, Mm-mm. which is basically a super group of awesome uh, female solo musicians in the like folk Americana sphere. Brandi Carlisle is one of the singers. Oh, that um, sounds really good. Maren Morris. I 
I wish I could remember all their names off the top of my head, but that they have an album named after the band called The High Women. Came out last year. It is so amazing. I listen to it all the time. Fair warning, some of the songs might make you cry, but Mm. sometimes we just need a good cry. I recommend the songs Crowded Table and Old Soul. Seriously, Katie, like after we stop recording, you should go listen to this album. Okay, I will. I'm going to look them up on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) And something else I want to recommend to folks is the interview on Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us. She does an interview with Sonia Renee Taylor from The Body Is Not an Apology. It's amazing. Um, We've talked about The Body Is Not an Apology on the show before, but it is a book, a website, and really it's a way of living in radical self-love. And I just urge everyone to listen to this interview because Sonia connects the dots for Brene in this really beautiful, clear way between radically loving ourselves and radically loving the world. Like, she really lays out that you can't have one without the other. and mm, I love that. Oh, so good and so powerful. And so, especially if folks have not yet been introduced to Sonia and Renee Taylor and The Body Is Not an Apology, this is a great entry point for that. And then the last thing is I've gotten back into a regular yoga practice. I stopped going to yoga when COVID hit. I stopped going to the gym. Like you said, I'm not interested in going back. And so I quit yoga. And I did not realize how badly I was going to miss it and need it and so I started that again um it's not quite the same it's more like a 30 minutes a day in my bedroom after Avery goes to sleep at night like that's what I do with my evenings is some yoga some tea some books some Netflix you know just kind (laughs) of wind down for bed the self-care roundup yeah exactly exactly But it's helping a lot, and I'll link this in the show notes as well. I'm currently doing a 30-day yoga journey called Home by Yoga with Adrian on YouTube, which is free. And what's interesting is she does this 30-day yoga journey every year. On January 1st, she does a new one, and this year's theme just happened to be Home, all about Mm -hmm. making home this, like, grounding, centering place and feeling and, uh, I don't know, way of being in your body. (laughs) And I just think it's kind of amazing that that was the theme in January before all of this happened. Mm-hmm. And so she was tuning into something. She really was. Um, and I really like Adrienne's style. She's very warm and encouraging. And she's all about like the holistic aspects of yoga, integrating your breath with body and self-awareness. Not It's not about fitness, really. Um, she has a bunch of playlists for different needs, and there's one even called uh, Yoga for Virtual Learners geared toward teachers and kids um, and really anybody that just has to sit at a computer all day. But yeah, that is my list of what's getting me through. That's a that, lot. I feel is- like <laughs> – I know we're not focused on productivity, but just thinking about the variety of things that we're both doing to help us get through, like we really <sighs> are using – what we can. And, um, you know, not that everybody needs this many tools in their toolbox, but I just want to say that I think it's awesome how we're both exploring things that are boosting our spirits and finding ways to do things maybe that we did before, but we can't do in quite the same way and just adapting, which I feel like is what this time is all about. Yeah, I feel the same way. So listeners, what is getting you through? We would love to hear from you either on our Instagram at Kindred's Podcast, or you can send us an email. We love email at team at kindredspodcast.com. 
And you can also become a patron for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash kindreds, where you can join our kindreds Facebook group and hit us up there. That's it for today. I don't know when or what we'll be recording next, but (laughs) I can't wait. It will be good whenever and whatever that is. Yeah. (laughs) So talk to you then. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, kindredspodcast.com. That's kindreds with an S. Or you can send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com. You can also follow me, Katie, on Twitter at Katie Zay. That's Katie with an E-Y-Z-E-H. Please send us your thoughts, ideas, and questions. We'd love to hear from you. 